Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're here. We're live. Andrew Combo Salop, how are you? The one and only speaking, Max Van Auken, the MVP. It sounds a little conceited when I introduce myself that way. It sounds conceited in general when I introduce my own self. But anyway, how are you? I'm doing well, you know. Got some shots up this morning. Worked on some micro content for the podcast. Micro content. I saw the Believe Network posted some magic content and tagged us in it. So, you know, it's a good day. Shouts to the Believe Network. Shouts to my guy, Max Van Auken, taking over the streets of Atlanta. I really appreciate that. And I wanted to start off with a story uh, that I think would relate to the podcast, relate to yourself and all those listening. You ready? You always have an analogy and a story for us, so I appreciate it. Go ahead. Well, you know, I'm a huge fan of the late, great Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant, Mamba mentality. And as I've told you in the past previous podcast, as everyone listening should already know, because they listen to the podcast featured on Believe Network, Believe in Orlando Magic. um, I was working out today. My workouts have been very intense, more intense than I've ever been. I feel like I'm hitting a peak. I'm in my prime or entering my prime years. I feel like LeBron in Miami, like I'm entering that stage and... I tweaked something combo. I don't know what it was. I was doing dips and something felt off. It was like my upper left back. It hurt to even kind of breathe. And I had two options. I could load manage and call today, or I could say not today. That's non-negotiable, you know, and push through. And I don't load manage combo. I pushed through the workout. I ended up having a great workout, chest and triceps. I'm not sure if I should regret the decision now because it hurts to even do a podcast, but I pushed through and it just reminded me of the late, great Kobe Bryant so I just wanted to make them proud. The Max Mamba mentality. I love it. Exactly. And I don't know what I did. Like I said, it kind of hurts to breathe a little bit. I think I tweaked something the upper left back, like specifically. Very awkward. Sounds like, a, sure. sounds like a muscle spasm, if I had to guess. But yeah, I don't know. you probably have to go to the doctor to get a better explanation. Yeah, you know, and I don't really go to those as much as I probably should. But <laughs> I self-diagnose. I see, what. okay, if that hurts, don't do it anymore. And if it... You know, just push through. You don't have time to be a um, not Mamba mentality. Sometimes things happen to the body that no one could explain and they just go away, you know. So if I had to guess, uh, next week if we're recording the podcast at around the same time, you won't feel this anymore. But that's just my guess. It's just my guess. I appreciate that. I pride myself on being like LeBron. Like I'm indestructible. I don't get injured. I was never wow, injury he's like, prone. He's like a mixture of Kobe and LeBron. The GOAT, honestly. And But this last year, I feel like LeBron in year 20, like I banged up my lower back last year and then in like year 19, and it's like that nagging groin injury. It's like that's what my back is. It's either that or Larry Bird. But Larry Bird legitimately was laying on the ground towards the end of his career. I'm not at that point yet. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm prime LeBron and I just need to focus on – being a champion and focus on rehab or if I'm LeBron in year 20 and it just snuck up on me a lot quicker than he, it did for him. So well, LeBron year 20 is looking pretty good. So exactly, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up, but we are believing Orlando magic podcast combo. Jonathan Isaac came back um, trading. There's a lot of trade rumors going on right now. I just read that Mo Bamba is on the trading block. So I guess we'll start off with Jonathan Isaac. Let me ask you this. It says, now, I'm 24 years old, about to be 25, February 3rd, as everyone knows. Um, Jonathan Isaac, last time he played a game in the NBA, he was 22 years old. He's 25 now. Pretty crazy when you think about it like that. Uh, I think it was like a span of 900 days, came back. We touched on it a little bit, 
But has anything changed for you? Let's just say in a perfect world, this guy stays available, this guy stays ready, he's playing. What do you kind of expect from him, or what are your expectations from Jonathan Isaac with the lineup that they already have? I think he's a great piece to build around the three guys that we've been talking about that they should build around. And in my opinion, you know, I tweeted this today. The two things that are really scary for the rest of the NBA right now is the Orlando Magic's outlook and, to your dismay, the Kings' offense. Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 I think you owe me dinner or something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> they may do what the Kings, you know, always seem to do and disappoint people. You never know. It could they could just have a complete turnaround after All Star break and just bomb. Not wishing bad upon anybody, but I'm just saying the dinner's not official yet. It's looking like I owe you a dinner for sure whenever you're in Atlanta, but it's not guaranteed just yet. And, and a real dinner, not fast food. All right, Max. Oh come on, man. We only eat at Ruth's Chris and above nowadays. You know. There you go. There you go. As I record this podcast out of my car. But, uh, no, that's what we do. That's what that's what we do. Uh, the Kings look great. And to your point, again, the Orlando Magic, I think unanimously Orlando over the past couple seasons have been one of the laughing stocks of the league. And now people are like, oh, yeah, that, that team. Like any time an opposing team would come and play, whenever I was doing the interviews in the, in the opposing team's locker room or press conference, it's like the coaching would is like unanimously they would always say the same thing. And it's like this is a really young, big long team like this is a scary team to play against and it's just years to come and they're going to be scary like it's like unanimously now everyone feels that way about the Orlando Magic so if you're a Magic fan you have to feel happy because for years you've been promised how good you'll be in the future and okay another pick but now it's like right here and I feel like now Apollo playing the way he is Bobo just a complete steal Markel Fultz a complete steal things are adding up to now you can at least really feel confident in saying that and don't forget about Franz Wagner Yes, yes, that's another one. And like you've always mentioned, if they get Scoot or I don't think they'll get Wemby, but they're going to get yet another guy. And now you got Jonathan Isaac back. So Wendell Carter Jr. is getting healthy and Suggs getting back healthy, Cole Anthony. So there's just so many people you could say. Now, shooting is my main concern, and that's kind of what I wanted to transition to. You have a plethora of people at that center position. So you got Bobo going in and out of the lineup defensively. He's not exactly what you'd want as far as rebounding purposes. He can move his feet like you've talked about before on the perimeter as far as a big doing that. Um, Wendell Carter Jr.'s presence is always missed when he's not on the floor. But that's kind of left Mo Bamba in a weird position because we really like his upside. And I think he could really contribute to a handful of teams. But it looks like he may be on the market for Orlando. So if that's the case... What do you think they're looking at in return for a guy like Mo? Probably more draft picks. Um, I think their focus should be building through the draft at this point because hopefully they get another good pick this year and continue to work on winning and winning ways in the process. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to be a playing team. So, you know, there's some good shooters in the draft, man, like Brandon Miller, if they could get him. There's a whole bunch of guys that could really help them not name Wemby and Scoop because – I think it's a really good draft. You know, the Thompson twins, the star is showing improved shooting. So maybe some draft picks. I don't know what kind of player they, they almost have like every position pretty solid. It's just about getting defensive principles and winning ways down at this point and then aiming to get more top end talent in the um, draft. Right. And I think you hit it right on the money shooting as well, which is kind of surprising 
It looks like they're keeping T. Ross. I thought he would be another person. Yeah, where... he'd, be, he'd be great to like get some more draft picks for, right? And it, I think it would be good for both sides. Just see T. Ross get a chance to win somewhere, and um, see Orlando receive some assets in the meantime. Yeah, and so I'm interested to see what they do with him because he's another player where I feel like I know we Lakers always seem like the go-to team when you talk about who they could use, but they really do need some shooting. And like a guy like T. Ross would be perfect for someone like L.A. to to stretch the floor with the guys that they have doing the playmaking. But I think he would contribute to so many teams that just need an extra bucket. Yeah, him, Eric Gordon. Yeah, they're all in that same class. Bradley Beal seems a little bit unrealistic at this point but he'd be perfect for the lakers um you know yeah i mean they just signed Rui hachimura and nobody could nobody could say that's a bad trade i'm just thinking like how good is it how much does it move the needle for this year i think it moves the needle more in terms of their potential for the future but i'm not sure he'll help he'll help for sure but i think the lakers still have moves to make I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually what I wanted to transition to. I agree with you, and I feel like often in sports now, it's either there's like no gray. It's either just white or black. There's no in the middle, and I'm in the middle with the Lakers trade. For one, I feel like they won the trade. I feel like it contributes to their roster. They needed some more wing play. I really like this pickup for L.A., but it's not everything. Like I saw a post, and it was like, look how they're stacking up now, and it's like, okay, look, that was one acquisition. I like the acquisition, but that doesn't solve all of their problems. Like you said, there's still more for them to get. I think Anthony Davis's availability should still be the main concern, keeping LeBron healthy and the workload off of him, adding shooting. Like, there's still so much to do, but yet you could still say they won the trade and they added to the roster. Yes, I agree with you. And they wouldn't even be able to get this trade done if Rui – and the Wizards didn't want to part ways. Like, Rui didn't sign his rookie extension. He was going to leave anyway. Do I think the Wizards could have been a little more patient? I think this trade could have been there anyway if they just waited a little bit or something better. So I do think it's a win for the Lakers, and I don't know how much of a win it is for the Wizards with just getting two second-round draft picks. But um, I know the Wizards are not your concern, Max. You're all Lakers and Magic. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. We we don't talk, like I'm rooting for everyone to do well, but at the end of the day when we talk, like you want interesting stories. Dallas Cowboys are interesting, Yankees are interesting, Lakers are interesting, Warriors are interesting. Like you want the big franchises to be interesting. It doesn't help yes. anyone when they're irrelevant. And for the most part, the Lakers even though they'll never be irrelevant cuz even if they're bad, we're talking about how bad they are. If they're good, we're talking about how good they are. You want to see them do better, and I just felt like, okay, like if you're a Lakers fan, this was a sneaky good pickup. Like I like it. I feel better today than I did yesterday. So now the question is really, what more can they do? Because it's not like they have all of these options where they get to pick and choose what's the best move. It's just kind of finding a move that you can make because I don't know if they're going to move off Westbrook at this point. And even if you do, I just don't really know what you're going to get that's worth it in return considering how much people would have to pay for him. And even though he's been really good off the bench and we kind of found like seems like they found the right fit for him, I just don't really see them moving off Westbrook. So if you're not moving off Westbrook, you got rid of Kendrick Nunn, it's like Beverly. Like I'm not really sure who else they could really make a move for unless they do something like a blockbuster thing, which I've talked about before, Anthony Davis, but it looks like that's not going to happen. So I don't know what more L.A. can do, to be honest. They have to think outside the box, which they did with this one. Like, I always talked about it. They, everybody was just talking about Miles Turner and Buddy Heald for, like, three years. <laughs> and, you know, it's like you have to think of something else. You have to dig deep. You have to put your thinking cap on. And I think they did with this one. You know, they made it done. 
I heard there was supposed to be like three teams involved and, you know, they probably handled some adversity during these trade talks and then it ended up being with only two teams, but they got it done and it was a good move overall. Do you foresee, you don't have to give maybe the prediction of what trade they make, but just in general, would you be surprised if they were able to make a couple moves where like, hey, hold on now, because like you and I, for example, are kind of in the same boat with this where if AD stays healthy, it's a really weird team because they're not a good basketball team all around, but LeBron and AD healthy, they could beat anybody. If they get like, do you see another trade that could happen where you could confidently say like, hey, they may have a real good shot now. Is there anything out there that can make you feel that way? Well, they have to. I don't think this could be the last move. So they have to win. They have to make another trade if they want to be legit title contenders, in my opinion. It's not going to, it's going to take more than just Rui. But you think it's possible, opinion. though? Like, What'd you say? You think it's possible. Like, is there a chance this yeah. year that they could be title contenders? Yes, yes, of course. I told you that because you have LeBron and AD, and, and there was points during the season where AD was looking like a top five guy, and we know. LeBron in the playoffs in any given game could be a top one guy, right? Maybe he can't do it over the course of a regular season, be the best player in the league, but for one series, for one game, for a game seven, you know, LeBron could always be on the best player, could always be the best player on the court. So, you know, with those two guys playing well and being healthy, which is, you know, it's a possibility. Uh, they should be optimistic. So I definitely do think they have a chance to win it all still. But I do think there's one or two more moves left to be made, and I think they will make them. But this was a good one also because you're pleasing LeBron a bit, but you're not leveraging your future in the same sense. So maybe more of that, but I think they definitely have to make more moves. I agree. Uh, I want to stick in the West. It's not really a major talking point, but it's crazy to me. The Phoenix Suns have been struggling. And if you look over the past couple seasons, obviously they finished in the top seed. They've made a final appearance. Uh, D-Book has been balling out. And Chris Paul, like I've always said, that Wi-Fi DNA, he's clearly making people around him better. And it seemed like him and D-Book understood what it was. Now, there always seemed to be a little bit where there's smoke, there's fire with DeAndre Ayton and the coaching staff. Uh, But what do you make of their struggles recently? Like, it's been pretty bad for the Phoenix Suns, who've been very consistent over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think they're starting to look past the Chris Paul era there, and they'll probably make some moves during this trade deadline period or before the trade deadline. So I think it's time to, you know, call it in and start making some moves for thinking about time after that era and just maybe um, try and capitalize on Devin Booker's timeline because he is still young, so you could still blow it up and have a future at the same time. Do you think D-Book is one of those guys that stays with the team no matter what? Or do you think he may grow a little bit frustrated and anxious about possibly going to a better opportunity? Yeah, I think in the modern NBA, I mean, there's no player that's going to be absolutely loyal unless their name is Dame Lillard. Or I was just Bradley about to Beal, say right? that. So, um, yeah, of course, I could see him moving off eventually if he gets that upset because – when a franchise guy is that upset, it's not good for either side of of the coin, right? Like, it's not good for the franchise and it's not good for that player. So, yeah, I, I could see that happening in the future because, you know, DeAndre Aiden doesn't seem like he wants to be there. The organization doesn't seem to be happy with him. Chris Paul is aging. And I could see definitely see Devin Booker finishing his career with another team. Yeah. 
Yeah, I really could. I could see that. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Just player mobility, like you said, unless it's Dame, you can't really roll. Or Giannis, honestly, at this point. I feel like Giannis seems like Milwaukee through and through. Uh, other than that, I really feel like everyone else is kind of up for grabs. But as far as the state of the NBA, is there any other team, any other player, any situation that captures your eye right now? The Kings, man. The Kings <laughs> offense. On. It's crazy. Nah, if, if you watch them play, it really is ridiculous. It really is ridiculous what they're doing, though. Like, I feel like they embody what the modern NBA offense oh, should man. be: fast, quick hitting, shooting, big that could pass, dynamic point guards like the Aaron Fox. They're just incredible, man. I feel uh, like Mike Brown, have... coach, of, Mike Brown, coach of the year. I feel like you have some equity or something with Sacramento. What's going on here? I just love the way they're playing offense right now, man. They're really tough to guard. I just I'm not, I can't do it. Can't wrap my arms around them. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be late to the party. That's gonna be me. You're gonna die on this hill, huh? I guess so, man. I mean, listen, going to the playoffs. If they if they do go to the playoffs, which it looks like they will, that's success. And I'll admit that. Like, hey, that's a that's an accomplishment considering what they've been there over the go. past couple. Yeah, you're stand up so, guy, man. Yeah, yeah, I'll admit it. Like, hey, that's successful. Like, I, that is a success successful season. Because like going into this year, no one's saying Sacramento going for a title. So no, that's not what the expectations are. Going to the playoffs. That's something to be proud of, something to be hang your hat on. Now, as far as, like, continuation and can they continuously sustain success and being well-run, I'm not sold on. That's going to take a little bit more to get behind the wheel there. But as far as just success this season, I will always give credit where credit's due. Well, the NBA changes so fast, so there's very few teams like the Warriors, right, that could do it for long periods of time. So you could basically say that about, like, 28 NBA teams, right? Survival have, like, the fittest long-term combo. success. So, I mean, the, even the Lakers the past few years have been up and down. You know? yeah, hey, that's so. what, I'm not a fan of how the Lakers have been run. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been very frustrating. Other than the championship in 2020, uh, they've been a dumpster fire. Man, the Kings, man, they made some huge mistakes. They didn't draft Luka. Huge mistake. I don't really favor any team that trades Tyrese Halliburton, even though it worked out for both teams. But – the moves they made since then have been excellent, and the coaching hiring has been excellent, and the Aaron Fox play has been excellent since the Tyrese Halliburton trade. I do like D Fox a lot. Man, he got he got he got better this year, man. He's he's real. He's like he's the pure point guard mold, but then he has like Athletic. a lot of junk in his game when it comes to scoring. Like he has a lot of nuance and mm-hmm. a ridiculous skill set in the lane, and his shooting is getting better, and he has. He has stuff in the mid range, like man, he, he he's like a pure point guard that's like could score it too, you know, at a high level. So yeah, I love his game, and he's unselfish. I'm a D Fox guy more than I am a Sacramento guy. Like I feel, like I've always said, if D Fox wasn't in Sacramento, we've been we would talk about him so much more. But people don't really watch him play because Sacramento's been irrelevant, and no one talks about the Kings until, like you said, right now they are being. They are seeing success. So now, of course, his level of play should be acknowledged and recognized by people who otherwise probably wouldn't have paid attention to the Kings. Yeah, I guess it's like that for so many players, right? Like if SGA played for a winning team. Exactly. He'd be a household name. Um, Even like D. Mitch, you know, like if he was kind of hidden in Utah for like in terms of um, casual fans, you know. Obviously, everybody who watches basketball knows about D. Mitch. But if he played in New York, things would be different, you know. Hundred percent. That's why I like. I always wanted Zion to go to the Knicks. Like selfishly, it's just even if the Knicks are who the Knicks have been, just Zion, 
Knicks. Like, it's just big. You know, it's just big brands. I just, I don't know. I always root for that. But I do stuff. feel like, I do feel like because of Brunson's play style, and even though he's playing like a all-star this year, he still is a, it's like just, it'll be tough for him to become a household name. Just no. from his play style, right? Even 100%. though he's in New York. So you do need that box office type play with the big franchise and to win. Combo, you're always on the money. Unless you have anything else, you know I'm throwing you the alley-oop. You can find Max on Instagram at Max underscore Van underscore Walk, and you can find me on Instagram at once combo. Subscribe to the Believe and Magic Podcast. Subscribe to the MVP Podcast. Subscribe to Combo's Court. We're here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.